Hello, listeners. This is Jim the Keys bartender. And uh, coming from the Florida Keys, right? How are you today? I just finished my workout. It is 20 after 10, and I accomplished what I needed to do this morning. Number one, getting up. Number one priority, first step to be able to accomplish most things. Because if my accomplishment was to stay in bed, that would have wiped that out. So I get up with the wife. We have some coffee and stuff like that. The hardest thing for me to do is to get moving and to go out the door and go down the gym. And I always rationalize there's two reasons why I go to a gym that's 10 miles away from me in a place where there's another gym about uh, three miles north of me. I see four miles north of me. It's because I take so much time to get there. Once I get there, I got to at least do an hour workout. You know, with stretching and all that stuff, it works out to be an hour and 25, hour and 30 minutes. Then I get to work. I got to do that whole thing so I don't hit all the. I got to hit all the muscle groups and do the cardio. And another reason is because it's a free membership. Who can beat that? And uh, Alexa, turn down the volume. I have a little light classical going on in the background. I didn't want it to be a distraction. Um, you might be able to hear it. Another reason I got the free membership, and I have to go and teach my class there and stuff like that, so I get my cardio. Second thing, I was thinking about it yesterday. I went looking for turkeys and all they had to, I know it's early, what's it, the 11th of, 11-11, Veterans Day. To all the veterans, thank you for your service. I went looking for, I did do a buzz by looking for turkeys two days ago and they were huge. They were huge. And I don't, on theory, have a problem with cooking a huge turkey. But what I am a big believer in leftovers, but there's a certain amount of leftovers. How much turkey can you eat? I know. This goes back to another conversation I had with my father, is that we're living in a society with not only are we lucky enough to have enough food, we have to, we're lucky enough to choose what kind of food we eat. And on our national holiday, a day of giving Thanksgiving, we eat turkey. So there's only so much turkey I can eat. Turkey sandwiches and things like I do. I like hot turkey sandwiches. I like this. But the wife and I are the only one eats tur- that'll eat the turkey. And she's not a big leftover person. She'll eat a couple sandwiches and stuff like that. But she may make some soup from the bones. The daughter won't eat any turkey, so I have to get her maybe make something, a nice fish dish or lobster, something like that for her sushi on Thanksgiving Day. She'll eat the mashed potatoes and maybe the stuffing and the cranberry sauce and the green beans. But I I was looking for turkeys and the turkeys were 20 pounds, 24 pounds, very large things. I mean... I I try, I can invite people over. We do invite my sister-in-law, her husband, the grandchildren, 
but they never come. And plus, with you know the right, the turkeys don't get small enough where you can't feed seven people with them. I mean, there I guess there's eight pound turkeys and stuff like that. So I got eleven pound turkey, eleven and a half pound turkey, which is plenty, and there's still going to be a lot of leftovers, and I'll probably be eating turkey soup and turkey sandwiches for three, four days. But I thought. If I don't get this turkey now, I'm going to be stuck with a giant turkey. And I'll have to, you know, cause, it'll cause irreparable irreparable damage to my diet. Because I'd have to do all sorts of things to make me like turkey. To eat the extra 10 pounds of turkey, turkey, dry turkey meat. I'm, I'm a believer. I like the dark meat. But I went today and I found that 11-pound turkey out. So that was, after the workout, that was the other thing I accomplished, going to the bank. And another big thing is doing this podcast here. The Keys Bartender. We're going to talk about another drink today. But before I do that, maybe I should talk about frozen drinks because I do have listeners in Canada. I don't have listeners in Winnipeg. And they featured Winnipeg, Canada... You are getting hit today at the time I'm recording and the time I release. You're getting hit with a winter storm in late fall. And the by the forecast, it looks like you could get up to two feet of snow. Two feet of snow. November 11th. I remember as a kid growing up in Philadelphia, you'd just be dreaming. Every time it got down to 40 degrees, you're thinking, wow, good snow. They may cancel school. Good snow. It never, it never really snowed. We had a couple Thanksgivings when it went, went into the teens and things like that, but rarely did the cold weather and the precipitation cooperate in November. December, that happened a couple times where we got the, you, you get tired of that a little, after a little while. There was only, I only remember like three or four Christmas is growing up where we had snow on the ground. Remember, Philadelphia's right on the Mason-Dixon line. We get we get most of our snow in January, February, even March. But Winnipeg, my hat's off to you guys. We get people from the Midwest that come down here because of this very type of event. It starts early. November, and they're ready to come down here as soon as it starts snowing. We got snowbirds from up there. They come down and say, I am not going through that. Two feet of snow, November. My my feeling so is that once it snows there, that's it. You're not going to see the bare ground till maybe March or April. Now, prove me wrong, it could happen, obviously. If it's snow, it doesn't snow for another month. It melts away, gets up to the 40s and 50s. But if it stays pretty decent cold, and you get a couple more snowfalls, you get a couple feet of snow, that's it. We don't, obviously, we don't have that problem here. This morning, we had the discussion, oh, is it going to be warm enough that we need the AC on? Is it going to be too humid? We don't want that. You don't want to develop mold or that musty smell. 
So that's, yeah, that's what we have to do in the keys right now. Oh, it's only going to it probably make it to 80 today. Next week, we're supposed to get a cold front again, so it's only in like 77, 78. I'm not doing that to rub that in. It's just like they say in real estate, location, location, location. In the foreseeable future, the way the earth rotates and where we're situated, doesn't look like we're going to get any snow for quite some time. Unless, you know, we get hit by a giant asteroid and we get knocked off the uh, orbital path. I said it again, orbital path and go twirling out into the solar system. Moving on. Since that snow is coming up, how about some frozen drinks? Last night, I had a bit of a screw up on, on getting someone a beer and I gave them, accidentally gave them, instead of a Belgian blonde, I gave him an IPA and he said it didn't taste right and they go, oh, he says that kind of ruined it for me. He wasn't bitching, bitching. He just said, after tasting it, he said, I'm really not in the mood for beer anymore. Kind of turned him off to that. So he said, how about a frozen rum punch? Can you do a frozen rum punch? And I go, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Now, what I think about when I make a frozen drink, right? You always, people always think about cocktails and they think about the liquor that goes into it. Well, rum punch, you put several different liquors in there and stuff like that. I like to put a little coconut rum, white rum, and maybe a little citrus rum to liven it up. And then mix it together with pineapple, orange, and grenadine to give it a little nice pink hue to it. Now, if you can, what you can do, the thicker the mix you put in there, kind of offsets the watered-down qualities that are given to it when you put ice in. And when you blend the ice, you're really watering things down. That's why you got to use as thick as a mixture as you can to compensate for the ice. If you use like a thin orange juice or cranberry thing, it just doesn't doesn't seem to work. You got it. That's why fresh fruit and things like that really come into play. So I can throw in an orange, anything that thickens that up. And I made a rum punch, and I normally don't make frozen rum punches, but he did in this case. We have rum runners and things like that, and you usually put it in a, in a cup. Like a frozen drink is at least twelve ounces, generally between twelve and sixteen ounces, and generally no more than two ounces of liquor in there. Yeah, you could put more, but what is your purpose? Is the purpose to get the person fucked up and to have them stop drinking at your bar? Yeah. Then serving a lot of alcohol, you're 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 approaching your goal. But if you want them to enjoy their drink and things like that, you want them to be able to taste the liquor, taste the mixture, and enjoy it. Enjoy it enough that they said, "Oh my God, I got an ice cream headache." Because they liked it so much, they just ignore what every adult knows when you're drinking something frozen. Don't do it too fast because it hits the roof of your mouth. And then that transmits to your brain, gives you that constriction, and it's funny. It's like a, you're you're manufacturing migraines. That's they call they they have drinks like mind racers and stuff like that. But the migraine 
That's what they should call them sometimes. But yeah, with the frozen drinks, whatever your base uh, mixture is, it's good to use a garnish like that, like an orange. If you got red, you can put a little cherry in it. If you have a pineapple slice, that's pretty nice too. Think a little fruity. You know, as people are on vacation, sometimes that's what they want. They want something fruity. They want to get a little vitamin C too because they're not eating right. So you help them out. I did mention to people at the bar yesterday about my thoughts on Christmas. And I said, it's not, I am not against Christmas. I love Christmas. I love that holiday. I'm just against the early celebration of it. There's a bar that put a ban on playing Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas to once, uh, I think it is, it can't be played until Thanksgiving, one time a day. And there's repercussions for it too, which, and that's a little too involved for me. If you want to, if someone starts playing Christmas music, that's great. I'm going to put one of these days, when someone says, you like Christmas music? I'll put the Christmas music. I'm going to put $10 in the, uh, jukebox I'm going to put on fucking grandma got ran over by a reindeer 10 12 times and I'll turn the volume off in the rooms and stuff like that and I'll just leave it in the bar area so they can listen to it and say you want to hear here here is 25 minutes of grandma got ran over by a reindeer I'm sure the CIA has used it when they did that extraordinary rendition where they took these, when they took suspected terrorists to the Ukraine or Turkey or whatever like that to torture them. That's one of the songs they probably used. Because there's Grandma Run Over by a Reindeer. One time, kind of kitschy, okay. Uh, I, actually, at the end of the song, I had enough of it. I don't really want to see it. I don't, I'm not a uh, big fan of some of the old ones. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. That's an old one, really. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Nah. That's kind of a bizarre thing to ask from Santa. Because Santa doesn't bestow those kind of genie-like wishes. You know, it's not the reverse. Santa's not reverse tooth fairy. Takes away your teeth. Tooth fairy takes away your teeth. Santa brings them back. Maybe you're talking about some kind of dental holiday where a dentist, like a supernatural dentist, comes back and fix, you know, puts some kind of dental prosthetic in the front of your mouth. But it, it ain't going to happen, kid. So you're not going to get your two front teeth for Christmas. You're not going to wake up. Right? Or dad could whittle you some wooden teeth. Who knows? We've had discussion also yesterday about, that wasn't here on the show, but it was at the bar. We were talking about, there. everyone, if you just mention robots at one of our local restaurants, Num, Num Thai, and they say, oh, they're horrible. They take a long time to get there. You got to remove your own plate. And we had discussion. They go, oh, well, it doesn't make any sense. And I said, well, the money makes sense. And they go, what money? Well, now the, I don't forget what it is, $6 in 
something cents the minimum wage for service workers in, in Florida. So in a matter of four hours, about four hours, you get to the level of what the high-end lease for one of these serving machines are. Four hours. So if you have if you have someone, you know, say you're open for lunch, breakfast, and dinner, you could use the serving robot for all of them. And if you're open 12, 13 hours, you've already recouped the cost. I mean, I can't imagine you're spending more than two, maybe four dollars in electricity to charge that thing. And I know they pay as little as $15 a day, upwards of $25 a day or $30 a day because I heard a $1,000 a month thing, which works out to be like $33 a day, I guess. But you recoup that in five hours. And you never have to give it time off. You just have the one thing. It's very easy. Instead of filling out W-2 or tax forms and things like that, they're just sending a payment to whoever is leasing the robots, the serving robots. And it's, yes, they're rudimentary. They just, the, the kitchen stacks them on the robot and it goes to the table and the people have to remove it. Okay? But on the, on the nice side, people don't have to tip the robot. They may tip the kitchen. Who knows? There may be a thing. Do you want to leave a tip? What, why what are you leaving a tip? Is there going to be, like at the end of the shift, is there going to be like a couple robots hanging out, waiting for the last person to leave, and then they're going to go and go someplace and get a couple cans of WD-40, do whatever robots do after work, I'll tell you what they do after work. They recharge. That's it. Maybe a little robot porn. I, I played some music in my spin class. It sounds like robot porn. Uh, I don't... I can't really play it. I'll just... It's satisfaction. It's not... I can't get no satisfaction. Uh, but it's kind of a German New Age band. Kiss me, and then you touch me, so then I can get my satisfaction. And it's done with kind of a real stilted robot thing. But we're discussing these robots, and people saying, well, you know, that's not it. And they're making light of the robots. And I looked at them, I said, these are the rudimentary, the crawling before you can walk, and walking before you can run. Steps by this nascent industry. Robot servers are here and they're only going to get better. They could be in little steps year to year, adding more features. They'll be taking they'll be able to take payments. Probably you can just scan they'll scan your card. So you could do it right there. You know all, the, all these things, taking your order, taking your payment, bringing your food, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Maybe a little more involved for people. They have to go and reach over and grab their food and stuff. And sometimes they'll drop it. Mm, there'll be some space like that. But that's done by human servers too. 
And I'm not doing it to shit on servers and stuff like that. They will be replacing bartenders too. And for a little while, people say, and to preserve it, don't worry, you got to have a couple humans around. You have to have a couple humans around. Yeah, so they're going to be doing. But the important thing for these robots is that you have to have a set position for your tables. Okay? You have to have a set position for your tables. Or you have to have a schematic for different arrangements you have. Like when this, when we have eight people in this section, these two tables are put together. Because the robots need to understand what table it is. Yes, they can see that there's an obstruction. But they don't know what table it is. They can put markers in the tables. Like things that will say, this is table eight. This is table three. This is table two. And go to that and say, well, this is table eight, but it's going to be all at table two. It's going to be eight people, and we're going to be using multiple tables right there. But So there'll, there'll be workarounds and stuff like that, and I'll figure it out. But there's going to be standard positions where table two is. It has to be able to go and figure out where table two is. Now, I had a discussion with the people I work with at the place I work. In our lounge area, we use letters for the tables. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. In the bar, we use a B designation for bar and then numbers. And we have two tables at it. So I we have a BT1 and a BT2 that are up against the bar and going all the way up to B20. So there's bar seats, bar table seats. There's two. And then you have the lounge, So which is letters. Now you go off to one of the main dining rooms. The designations for the tables are 1 through, I think it's 11 or 12, if I'm not correct. And then the next room, it starts at 12, 13, 14. It goes up to 17. Outside is patio. Now, patio, they never really came up to them, but it's P1. I know there's P1. They do have P1, and they have P wall. P wall sounds like a wall you would pee on. But no, it means patio, wall table, one table up against the wall. Now, all the other tables, they don't really, they didn't really designate them. And I mentioned to them, I said, you know what, we really should do only numbers, only numbers like 101, 102, 103, and that's bar tables. 101, and then you got lounge 201, 202, 202 up to 208, and then one room 300, second room 400, outside 500, and the tables being where they are is the designation. Now, when you're only dealing with robots and with humans. They can just stop and they say, well, this, there's nobody sitting at this table. And this table has the wrong, they put the wrong table number in for it. But I'm going to assume since they say patio three, there's only one table on the patio. has to be this one or only one table without food on it. A robot's not going to look at that that way. It's going to look at it and says, well, this is B1, this is B2, this is B3, 4. You got them together. Oh, this one's letters? And the robot goes, does not compute. Why do you have letters, then numbers? And why don't you throw colors in? That'd be a good one. 
Orange, blue, pink, purple. Really confuse the fuck out of the robot. Or a symbol like Prince. This is a wavy line with a plus sign. Table. I worked at a restaurant where the companion restaurant, there were two restaurants I mentioned before, the Encore restaurant was the higher-end dining, and the Fish House, they're both Fish House restaurants, Fish House Encore and Fish House Original, and Fish House more, I guess, family-oriented restaurant, and Encore is more fine dining. And at the Fish House, I remember going there, and they used designations as tables whatever decoration was near. One was fish face. One was pirate. Fish face, because it was a picture of a fish with a face. That won't work with robots. And those tight dining areas, good luck with robots. That They're going to be so, like, skittish. I mentioned with the uh, self-driving cars, being able to merge and pull out all of a sudden. Now we have to make decisions uh, trying to gauge how to how aggressively someone's moving whether to stop or go you know um, you know accidentally you'll see some robots probably going to the wrong table delivering the wrong food and they don't get embarrassed robots remember from Terminator Reese Kyle Reese I think the name was of the guy in Terminator Michael Bean and he was referring to the Terminator which the Terminator class of robots, which Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the original Terminator. And he's explaining to, I don't know, what was her name? Whatever her name was. The woman, badass woman who played um, the heroine in the movie. It was, um, he says, they don't smell. They don't hurt. They don't bleed. They just keep on coming. Now that's, The robot, until they run out, obviously, until they run out of battery power. Until you have to plug them in into the wall, which is an insane. You know, once they have those little energy things where they can last for their own and then recharge themselves, then you're kind of screwed. You know, eventually there will be a news story. There will be a news story where some robot is not this year or next year. A robot will not follow the orders directly. Somebody mentioned last night, we were when we were in a discussion of it, someone said their Roomba, now my friend who's a doctor and his, his wife um, have a Roomba, I think. They, that's what she was talking about, a Roomba, one of those autonomous vacuum cleaners. It's been around for years, right? And she says... My Roomba chases me, chases me around all the time. Well, maybe the Roomba sees you as something it has to pick up, or if, you know, on the floor. Maybe that's just like a malfunction. And then she goes, the husband said, you know, you do call it bitch, my bitch, or something like that. So it could re- be reacting to that. And I thought, oh, shit. That would be hilarious. If you did that. And lastly, what I want to talk to you about today is people that come into the restaurant and ask for the owner. Oh, is so-and-so here? 
We're very close friends with it. You heard me mention before. Oh, you know, it's almost like if you see those, if you're a fan of war movies, World War II movies, the Nazis used to have these secret brigades of spies. And these spies would be native English speakers, people that speak English without an accent. American English, Canadian English, British English, you know, Canadian English is almost like American English. But they'd come and and they were mainly German. uh, they, They could have been American Germans that, you know, that came back to Germany in a fight for the fatherland during World War II or just really good English speakers. And the Americans would say, when they suspect someone, they say, well, the guy came kind of unmolested through enemy lines. He could be, there's something off about him. So they'd start asking him questions like, who, who won the World Series? Or how many home runs did so-and-so hit this year? And say, he wasn't in, he's serving right now, so he's not even in the league right now. And they go, just shoot him. Because when someone's in your foreign uniform, you're a spy, you're, you could be dead on the spot. You know, so these people come in. I know I'm equating these people to know that as Nazi spies. No, they're not Nazi spies. I'm not saying they have the same political beliefs. But what I'm suggesting is that they may not be their friends. They're just acquaintances. And they come up and say, oh, okay. Are you here to see Kathy Wilson? Yes, that's it. We don't have a Kathy Wilson here. You don't know her last name. How good a friend could you be if you don't know the person's last name? Uh, well, I know from the restaurant. I know where they're in. I never learned their name. I said, trust me. I said, listen, in my book, I know my good friend's last names. And if I don't know their last name, that doesn't pass the stink test. So that's one of them. And... When they know the last name, but they can't pronounce it. I had a friend, uh, well, I was friends with the owner of the place I worked in Philadelphia. His last name was Ribas. R-Y-B-A-S. Right? I think that was the spelling, or U-S. Well, either way, it was Ribas. And people coming, oh, I'm really good friends with the Rebuses. Rebuses. Oh, are you from the old country? And they said, no, no. I said, well, because it's Ribus. If you're really good friends, people would be like, you, you, you don't want to insult your friend, especially to an employee. Well, sometimes some of the people come in and they ask for the owner and they treat the workers like shit. It doesn't happen to me too often because I, I don't know why. I don't think it's right. I think it's sexist if you treat someone because of their sex differently. But some younger women get treated like shit by people if they're not the manager on duty or something like that. And they have to... And and, and I guess you got these people that just don't really give a shit about people and they're just, they're just assholes normally. And they happen to know the owner. And they're nice to the owner. And the owner has no reason to believe that the person is an asshole. Because every interaction they had with the person, they were nice. But their assholes are always looking for something free or something comped. 
Oh, I'm friends with the owner. Look at me engaging conversation with him a couple times and stuff like that. Our owner's a sweetheart. She talks to everyone, whether they're wealthy or not wealthy. You know? Just talk to them. So if you're going to ask for them, be polite to the people that you're asking for them to. Don't be that phony. Don't be that phony. I will call you out. I don't care. You're not a... And if you try to pull that shit on me, it depends on the situation. I'm not going to try to ruin your night, but I will tell the owner and say, listen, I know you think that person's your friend, but how much do you want to be friends with someone who would treat someone like that? Remember... There is a rule of thumb that people use in dating, especially girls or or guys, right? If you want to see how they talk, how what kind of person you're with for the first couple of times, go out and eat with them and see how they talk to the server. How they talk to the server. You don't want them to be too coddling and bullshitting and hitting on them and stuff like that. But conversely, you don't need them to be an asshole. They treat them like an asshole. They're an asshole. That's it. If you don't know the person, and you're an asshole. Yes, there's some servers out there who are assholes. I don't understand how they can keep on working at a place if they're an asshole. I kind of... I have done that before. I realize that. I'm self-aware. But generally, I'm not an asshole to people when they come in. I had a discussion with someone that came in. I didn't recognize the guy. I didn't realize he lived down here, but he has a, he has a breakfast place up and he works... He owns up in Miami. He came in. I didn't see him before. And there were regulars in. And I assumed he was like visiting here on business or something like that on vacation. And if they want, if they're by themselves and they want to be treated like a regular, I feel it because they ask questions, stuff like that. I invite them to behave like that. And I'll treat them like that. Okay? Regulars, I talk to like they're regulars. But if you come in and introduce yourself and you want to be spoken to and stuff like that, and I'll try to remember. If it's not too busy, I'll try to write it down, remember your name, remember where you're from. Then, Yeah, we'll start from there. There's no better way to start a relationship with someone just assuming, assuming and it was like I heard many times before, it's better to think everyone's your friend, be prepared for that not to be, but... It's better to assume everyone you meet can be your friend. And then they'll work from there. That's the word for today and the wisdom for today. I'd like to thank every from, everyone for listening. Once again, please, if you are listening, if you have the opportunity, download as many episodes as you can. It's important. It's important. Uh, the, I'm trying to really up that up. Get get more listeners and the more downloads the higher I move and we're getting mentioned in different places like Feedspot I mentioned being number four bartender show I'd like to eventually move up in the list of being in, um, I think I might be close to being a, a, hitting the top ten in Florida and all I have to do is keep on doing it eventually I will hit the niche I do appreciate it. If you enjoy the show, share it with your friends. Share it with people that are like-minded. Remember, not all the shows are keepers. I understand that. But 
it is original. I try to do my own content here. I don't lift from other shows. I'm not a meme-driven thing. My things are originating from my own bent perception of reality. But it is my perception of reality. I do appreciate for listening. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. It is not a bad thing. I use that for propagating the show, much like a virus. Not funny too soon. Okay, sorry about that. I want you to have a, uh, well, I was going to say have a great weekend, but I'm going to be back tomorrow. I will talk to you later. Have a wonderful day and keep your ice cold. Is that a good one? Keep your ice cold? Uh, Who knows? Talk to you later. Bye.